The Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Here's your host, Carson Schubert. Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast. We're back finally after a long siesta, if you will, uh, a long time away um, after the schedule release. We kind of took some time, so we apologize. I know you've been all dying to get us back. The emails have just flowed in. No, not really, but... Um, we're glad that you have waited patiently to get another episode of the Skull Purple Podcast. It's myself, Carson, and Tony. And Tony, it's been a while since I've been able to look at your face on camera. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little while. You know, we're getting uh, getting into the dog days of uh, of summer here. I mean, we're in the early portion, but uh, you know, it's starting to get warmer here in the Midwest. Starting to think. Uh, you know, think like we're going to go fishing and boating and golfing and there's 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 baseball and all these uh, outside activities that we can be doing. But as we know, in the back of our minds, there is still football looming. So I'm excited to be here. Talk about football because it's always on my mind. And yes, I'm always wishing away the summer every year, um, waiting for football season to roll back around. And, you know, for those of you that think like myself, uh, we're only about a month and a half away from training camp. So if you think of it like that, not too far away. That's right. That's right. And uh, once the old training camp schedule rolls out, uh, we might be making ourselves a move to go to training camp, not uh, permanently, obviously, uh, but uh, go and see possibly another scrimmage, perhaps with another team. There's been no release of a training camp schedule yet, um, but that's actually one of the low key favorite parts for me because uh, it's as weird as it sounds. I do like the scrimmages like, the, I went to the Niners scrimmage day one yes, uh, last year. Um, so looking forward to maybe doing that again this year. And perhaps, perhaps Tony and I will meet for the very first time. Face to face, holding hands, skipping. That's uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly that I'm game for all that, um, including the skipping. Uh, but, but it would also <laughs> be nice just to... Uh, you know, get out to training camp and meet some of uh, some of the fans, some of the listeners, and just fellow Vikings fans. Uh, so certainly, if you're going to be out there in uh, in Egan uh, for training camp, if that's your plan, let us know. Make sure to uh, you know throw a comment comment down below, and uh, we'll uh, you know certainly be excited to meet anyone that's out there that wants to tell us why. Of course, we're wrong about everything, uh, <laughs> but no, of that's course, right. At the end of the day, we're we're just big Vikings fans, so um, I'm excited to go and see you know the 2023 squad, as I'm sure all of you are, and certainly if our paths, uh, or excuse me, if we cross paths at the uh, uh, at training camp, meeting uh, the podcast and all of you, all of our listeners, that would be phenomenal. Absolutely. And uh, let me clarify something, Tony. We are right 100% of the time. There is never a time that we are not right. Um, so about that. everybody everybody else is wrong all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding. I am very wrong about a lot of things. But, hey, you know, one thing we were right on, Tony, is uh, right after Zadaria Smith um, put out his goodbye tweet months ago. We said in a video, or I did in a short saying, bye-bye, Zedarius Smith. And we put out a short on YouTube, which uh, you can find on our shorts portion of our YouTube channel. Um, but <clears throat> basically, we kind of knew at that point he was going to be gone. And since then, we waited 
We waited. Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And lo and behold, it finally happened. Zadarius Smith traded to the Cleveland Believeland Browns. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what they're believing anymore over there, but uh, I guess they believe in Zadarius Smith. Uh, Vikings get two fifth-round picks, as I recall, and gave up a sixth and a seventh-round pick as well in the deal. Tony, it sounded like to me, I know a lot of people were like, okay, just get, um, just try and keep him. And yes, he was productive the first 10 games, but it didn't sound like he wanted to be here, you know? And I'm not saying that the Vikings couldn't have tried to convince him, but it sounded like there was not going to be any convincing. He wanted to go and the Vikings got value out of him. It's not much value, but it's value. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, th I think we were in just a catch-22. There was really not a whole lot of options there. He didn't want to stay in Minnesota, at least on the current contract. I don't think he had any issues, at least from my vantage point, with the team, personnel, um, coaching staff. Um, I don't think I haven't seen anything and I don't think there's been anything that's come out to suggest that he had any issues that were larger than just the fact that he wanted more security on a longer term contract because he would have been in year two of a two year contract. Um, and, uh, you know, he was probably looking for some guarantees. Obviously, the market being the market, he's seen all these other guys get some decent sized contracts um, in free agency. So. Uh, look, you can love it or hate it, um, but he he was looking for some more security there. He was looking for a payday, and he wasn't going to get it uh, with the Vikings. So at the end of the day, the Vikings had to, to choose. Um, do they want to try to cut him, which may be the route they go with another rather marquee player, uh, or do they try to just get what they can out of that situation because uh, he wasn't going to play. You know, he wasn't going to play here. Um, on that current contract. So I get it. Some of the fans were upset. They felt like we could have gotten more. Um, I honestly think if it wasn't for what we got, the, the alternative was nothing um, on a cut. So, you know, you take what you can get. Uh, I'm not super upset about it. Would I have liked to see an enthusiastic Zadarius Smith uh, in a year with uh, Brian Flores and, and Daniil Hunter. Yeah, absolutely. But that requires Zadarius wanting to be here. And obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's dealt with injuries. How many of the last years of his career? And it's just at the point where I just don't see that going away overnight. Like, you know, he had, like he felt the healthiest he ever felt in 2022 and it worked well for the first 10 games. And then it was kind of in that Buffalo game. You just kind of started to see the tailspin, if you will, uh, with injury. And I'm not saying it's totally his fault, but um, I mean, injuries are never a player's fault. I wouldn't say, but um, at the same time, you know, as if you get old, as you get older and your body starts to break down more and more, um, you know, these players in the NFL, they keep getting better and better. And if you're getting, you know, more decrepit, I'm not saying he's to that point, but getting more broken down, you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's harder maybe for him to get around offensive linemen when he is becoming more broken down and injured and not a hundred percent. And, Here's the truth, Tony. I think I, I don't know this for a fact, but <coughs> excuse me. I would dare to say that a lot of players in the NFL would tell you, I'd probably say 90% or close to would tell you they're not 100% going into every game. Yeah. Um, because when you have a long season like these guys do and you're playing at a high level and you got, um, all the practicing that goes into it and the toll it takes on your body. Like that's, that's hard to compete with. Even when you're, um, even when you're a hundred percent, it's hard to stay that way because of, you know, the wearing down process of a body. And I think that's maybe kind of 
started to show in Zadarius Smith. And not saying he couldn't have success in Cleveland. I think he could very well. But again, um, I just don't think he wanted to be here for number one. And number two, I don't think he's going to have that much more success in his career remaining, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, we wish him the best, I think. I mean, it was good to see him kind of torment the Packers in week one, and uh, that was fun. But, um, yeah, it was time for him to move on, he thought. So, um, wish you the best. Glad we got some value out of him. That's something that uh, a former GM of the Vikings never did, was get value out of players before they leave. So, um, I do appreciate that from Quasi getting something out of him. Yes, it's only fifth-round picks, but, and I know I've gone to this before, but Stephon Diggs, fifth-round pick. You know, it's not impossible for one of those fifth-round picks to pan out and be a solid contributor or maybe better, maybe one of the best receivers in the league, you know, maybe a really solid outside linebacker. You never know. So, um, again, yes, it hurts in a way, but also, Tony, it kind of gives us a chance to see what some of these younger defensive linemen can do. Um, I'm not convinced that any of them are going to be very good, but you get that chance now, and I do think I think Coach Flores is going to help uh, bring the best out of some of these guys as well. Yeah, and I really, at the end of the day, you need guys that are going to be motivated and uh, and that want to be there. And they're there to try to build something special. And I, and I get that, you know, in the NFL, it's a business and these guys are trying to make, you know, contracts and it's their job. And, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the teams that seem to succeed year in and year out, they're able to build, you know, somewhat of a cohesive culture. And, uh, and that really begins with the players. I mean, I know that sounds really like no duh, but it, it does. I mean, it it, it begins with the players uh, buying into a system that the coaching staff lays out um, and then continues to build on, you know, year in and year out. Um, and hopefully uh, they're building that with success, right? You know, the players are able to see uh, the team winning games and uh, because a good franchise that's winning games consistently generally is also you know, paying players pretty well, or, you know, even in a satellite way, getting uh, players paid in other places because, uh, you know, you can't keep everybody. And if you come from a, a good culture, uh, your chances of getting a big second contract somewhere else, if, uh, you know, said first franchise can't keep you, are pretty high. Um, so, you know, I just think Zedarius is trying to make money while he can. I don't think the the amount of years that he has left. I think that, uh, you know, the, the best years in his career are probably in the rearview mirror at this point. So, um, he's looking at getting some bigger, you know, a couple good paydays, um, before things probably taper off pretty well for him. And the Browns seem to be a team that likes to, uh, take some of those veterans and, uh, and see what they can do and they're willing to pay up for it. So, um, I think it kind of works out for everybody. The Vikings get some uh, capital back. And, uh, you know, Zedarius goes and he gets to get paid. And certainly Cleveland feels happy with what they're getting. Otherwise, they wouldn't um, have spent the money or the draft capital. Well, and let's not make any mistake about it. The Vikings are not going to be competing for a Super Bowl this year. No, um, probably not. I, as much as we would love that to be the case, Tony, I think you and I are both on the same page there where, you know, the best team in the NFC, and I don't even think it's close, is Philadelphia. Um, and well, I don't, I think San Francisco is pretty close. They're the closest. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. But they don't have a for sure thing at quarterback, right? Yeah. It's tough. So, it's tough. but, but you, yes, that is maybe, maybe it's closer than I give it credit for. And, um, uh, by the way, uh, the NFL approved the, uh, no roster spot has to be used for a third quarterback or an emergency quarterback, which I was actually advocating for something similar where I just, <laughs> I, by the way, just kind of said, you know, maybe they do 55 players on mm. a roster and no, 
there doesn't have to be a certain amount only active because right now it's 53 man roster and it's only 46 are allowed to be active. I think that's stupid. Yeah. Why, why is there only 46 that are allowed to be active? I mean, if there's people that are injured, yeah, probably money. Yeah. Um, the NFL can pay for it though. Um, <laughs> especially when you get down to those nickels and dimes at the end of the roster, right? That's right. Um, so, and not nickels and dimes in terms for me, like that'd be a lot of money for you and I, right? But like <laughs> right. for these teams, it's nickels and dimes um, and the NFL anyway. Um, but, you know, I, I was kind of advocating for that. Like, so that way you can have a third quarterback, San Francisco maybe would have activated Jimmy Garoppolo for that NFC title game had they had the option of having a third quarterback spot. Um, so I'm not saying it would have been the difference, but could have helped. It could have helped. So, yeah, I think the NFL did a good job doing it again. Once again, though, a little bit late. Um, it always takes, it always takes one of these situations for it to finally happen. It's yeah. like, why, why can't we see the flaws beforehand? And then we don't even have to have the situation come up, but it's That's... usually the way it works. There's some event that happens, and then uh, the NFL always seems to get together a season or I should say an off season or two later, and then they come to some consensus on, well, how do we you know, handle this type of thing? And I remember uh, for Vikings fans, uh, the one that always sticks with me is after the 2009 season where mm. I think a lot of us felt like, you know, and, and I think, non-Vikings fans alike, maybe not Saints fans, but there were a lot of uh, football <laughs> fans out there that felt as if that the Vikings were probably the best team in the league in 2009. And uh, to lose on on that, uh, you know, uh, last-minute field goal in overtime and the do-or-die, you know, uh, overtime, um, you know, that's when the rules changed the next year where in playoff games – uh, each team gets a chance unless the first team scores a touchdown. Basically, you can't win the game on a first possession field goal in overtime anymore. That's when that rule change happened. Uh, so, you know, yep. it is what yep. it is. Uh, it's always a season too late for the Vikings. But. <laughs> well, it, and Tony, you go back even further to the pushout. Um, yeah. The Cardinals game, the Vikings were going to make the playoffs if they won the game. And, the Vikings pushed a player out of the end zone and it was called a touchdown because of the push out rule That's back right. then. And was it 2003? I want to say something um, some, like that somewhere yeah. in the early two thousands. But, um, and then again, by the way, uh, you talk about non Vikings stuff. It was, uh, the 2017 or 16 or 18, somewhere in there, maybe 19, even playoff game between the Rams and the saints. There was a clear pass interference mm. against the Rams, and it wasn't called. It couldn't be reviewed. Nothing would change the call, um, except the following year when they decided to go overboard on pass interference not being called, and um, it would be reviewed. And I still think they should go back to this. They went away from it again. I Now, I don't think you should be able to review every single one, but I do think teams should have the ability to use one of their two or three challenges because I don't know if you remember this, Tony, but if you win your first two challenges, you get a third. Um, and then I think in the final two minutes of a game, like I think that was, that should be an automatic review. Or again, with the whole idea of these um, – Really quick reviews. I know there's another term that I've used it before. Expedited. Expedited yeah. reviews um, that have taken place in the NFL. Um, just, you know, it it would have taken two seconds for somebody to buzz down to the head official in that Saints. And, and I'm not defending the Saints. I think they should have lost anyway because, you know, screw the Saints. But, uh, <laughs> but um if it would have been the Vikings in that situation, like <clears throat> I would have been like, what the hell is happening here? Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. You know, um, 
And that's a situation where the official upstairs could have just buzzed down, said, that's pass interference, throw the flag, and there it is. You know, yeah. it would have taken two seconds. Here's the thing. If you and I can tell on our TV screens at home, Tony, then the NFL should be able to tell within five seconds as well or less yeah. and just say, hey, no, this is this is a penalty. Throw your freaking flag. <laughs> yeah, you best believe that the league is able to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think personally what they should do with that rule <clears throat> is um, almost flip it on its head. Uh, so I'm a big proponent of, you know, usually it's no challenges, uh, with two minutes left in either half. Um, those have to come from upstairs. I personally think they should do it the reverse. I think you can only challenge, uh, under two minutes. And, uh, that way there's even more, like you, you're even more penalized, right? Because now you're taking away timeouts if the challenge doesn't get accepted or whatever, Right. Um, and you're running up against the 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 clock at that point, right? So, um, yeah. especially if you're trying to keep those those uh, those timeouts. So, I personally, I've always thought that having it be where you can only challenge, um, you know, maybe I don't know. You you could probably work it out where the first half is a little different from the second half, but definitely the second half, I feel like. Uh, maybe challenges only being in the last two minutes or maybe extending it to the last five minutes or I don't know. Um, because I feel like that's the critical time of the game where you'd want the most control, right? Where I can say, oh, no, this is – and, again, you'd really have to make sure you feel strongly about it because, you know, losing timeouts once you're getting down towards the end of the game is potentially a big deal. So, um I don't know. I mean, that's always been my thought. And I think that could have worked in that scenario because they definitely were under two minutes in that Saints yeah. round. game. And I don't say this lightly because I really don't like the Saints. But uh, even <laughs> I had to feel kind of bad on that one. I was like, oh, that's 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 rough. <laughs> and, that, and then we and then we both said to each other, well, at least it was the Saints. That's right. And then I high fived. <laughs> Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, man. Well, um, there's your little NFL uh, rules session for today. Uh, nerd alert, I guess, uh, if you want to go down that road. Not quite to the PFF stuff yet, though. That's um, right. So, but, uh, Tony, well, we've talked about the Zedarius Smith trade. All right, everybody, we'll see you later. Um, no, we're, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about the schedule. I know Tony did talk about the schedule um on the uh, live show um you and aj from uh skull uh state uh 10,000 takes skull state of mind there you go yeah there you go <laughs> yeah so it's skull state of mind and then they are they're affiliated with the 10,000 takes crew um let me make sure that's right cuz i think you're thinking of something I think you're thinking of David's. Um, oh, State of Skull. State, State of, of Skull. Skull. There we go. State of Skull. Look, <laughs> everybody's confused. Yep, State that's right. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Skull yes. State of Mind is our old uh, contributor, David, and friend, David. Um, Skull State of Mind. You can find his uh, YouTube channel on YouTube, Skull State of Mind. But uh, yeah. State of yeah. Skull. State of Skull. Try not... Try not to let that get confused. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, they talked about it in the live stream. So if you want to go back and see the live reaction, so to speak, even though everything was leaked, which I think is so stupid. Why leak everything and then have a show where it's like, oh, this big reveal. Nope. We know everything. Right. Nothing caught us by surprise. I think it was by like before noon on the day of the release that the Vikings schedule was released um, by, I don't know if it was like Vikes Insider or something on on Twitter. So it was like, well, here we are. Um, we don't even need to watch the show tonight, but yeah, I right. guess there was always a, a chance that it was going to... Um, be wrong but uh apparently not so um very I, good well let's i think i got Tony. some breaking news for you though 
Uh-oh, breaking yeah. news. Yeah, it's not really that, you know, it's not really that uh, big of a deal, but, uh, you know, it is an interesting nugget. I just got an update here, Carson. So live and in living color, we get a live reaction. Uh, it says retired NFL quarterback Tom Brady reached a deal with the Las Vegas owner Mark Davis for minority ownership stake in the team, uh, which is pending approval. So Tom Brady uh, tried to take a minority stake in the Raiders. Ah, that's yes. an interesting one. Yes, I <laughs> I think there was a rumor, <laughs> excuse me, about that not too long ago, but it's kind of official now, so there you go. Yeah, well, I mean, there and that kind of plays into the uh, the hubbub about him maybe not taking that NFL or Fox on NFL gig, right? Where he was going to go into the booth because then it's like conflict of interest. He can't. He I don't think he can be uh, like a minority owner and also be like a color guy. Um, I don't. I don't think that's going to fly. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Greg Olson does a really nice job, though. So I mean, it's not like it's not like we're losing out too much. No offense uh, to Tom. I mean, he might have yeah. been really good, but yeah. Um, well, there you go. There There's a little go. nugget for you, hey, everybody. A little nugget. Yeah. You gotta love uh, those nuggets, especially yeah. McDonald's. Sweet and sour uh, stuff. Eh, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, here we go. We've got the 2024. 2023-2024 schedule for the Minnesota Vikings on the screen for our YouTube audience. Uh, we will go through all of these games. Yeah, that's right, Tony. I said it. We're going through all of these games. Are you leaving yet? That's it. I'm gone. All right. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and start with the first game. Um, might as well, right? Uh, that's how the Vikings will start, so we might as well do the same. Week number one, the Minnesota Vikings are at home once again, back-to-back -back years with home games to start the season, Tony. And the Vikings start at home against the Tom Brady-less Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there you go. Uh, I shouldn't probably even do this as like a reveal. I'm almost doing that right now, which <laughs> everybody knows this. But um, <clears throat> so Tampa Bay, you know, I could this be a sneaky, tough game? Maybe. Um, I will say this. Tampa Bay still does have some talent on that team, um, defensively especially. Um, and then a couple of playmakers still with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on offense, but, um, and, uh, Co'Keefe, of course, uh, Sioux center graduate from Northwest Iowa and played at the, uh, university of Minnesota. Um, so yeah, got to give Co'Keefe to shout out, but, um, I think this is a win. I mean, I would be pretty surprised uh, if the Vikings don't win this game, and honestly, I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> and I don't get upset that much at Vikings games anymore, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sure somebody will try and prove me wrong on that one. Um, but <laughs> um, I I just don't see the Vikings losing this game. But you know what, Tony? I kind of thought the same thing. I was a little less sure, but I kind of thought the same thing about the Giants playoff game. Yeah, well, I was I was not as optimistic about the Giants playoff game. I I I didn't like how we made Daniel Jones look like, you know, basically uh, uh, second well, coming almost, of Steve Young. Yeah, you look like Aaron Rodgers out there in Week 17 or 16 or whatever that was. Um, yeah. So I was a little uh, I was a little worried about it, and then. You know, you add Kirk Cousins and primetime on top of it. I know, ooh, but it's a thing. Um, statistics do say it is a thing. Um, and uh, yep. he didn't disappoint. Um, that's going to. That's right. Oh, uh, now we're going to get lots of hate comments on that one. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, no, I was, I was, I was not optimistic about, or not as optimistic on that game. I, I will say I'm pretty optimistic with the Bucks week one next year. I just think, 
you know, Baker Mayfield's still trying to figure it out. Um, he's still Baker Mayfield. Um, and, uh, and I want to like Baker, but he's just a guy that, uh, I think it is not going to be the guy we all want him to be, at least the guys that, for people that, you know, wanted him to be good. Um, so no, I'm not super worried about this game. It, we're at home. Um, as much as we need to figure them out, they need to figure us out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good solid week one win, uh, for the Vikings. I would expect this to be one and oh, um, I'd be pretty surprised if we lost that. Boy, oh boy, if they lost that game, that would be really tough going into Philadelphia on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't think there's too many people that are predicting a win here, and I will be one of those people that do not um, for the Philadelphia game. Um, as I mentioned, I think they're probably the go-ahead, um, the uh, not go-ahead, but the um, heavy favorites to win the NFC again this year. I do think, I agree, San Francisco's got to be in the mix, but I just think with the draft that Philadelphia had, they just got so much better, and that's hard to believe. Um, <laughs> other than the Jalen Carter saga, which seems to continue to be going on. But other than that, too, they did they did have a pretty good draft, I thought. Um, but obviously, yes, they still have to play the games, um, and they still have to show that they're good. But uh, I'm going to say a loss there. I think you were kind of on the same page with me there, Tony. Um, and, and we don't have to keep going individually here, but we can kind of throw out a few games and then say, you know, quick little snippets here, but sure. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's a loss. I think it's a loss. Um, it's unfortunate. I think the biggest for me, the biggest thing going into that game, uh, or what I'd like to get out of that game as a Vikings fan is, are we competitive? Does it look like the Vikings belong? Uh, if they look like they belong, if they can hang, you know, maybe we lose 28, 24, um, 28, 23, 25, 21, like, you know, something like that. Um, you know, certainly losses aren't fun, but it, it would at least show that this team has the ability uh, to hang with some of these upper echelon teams. Uh, there's another high powered uh, team that we're, we will be facing this year that I'm going to say the same thing. Um so am I, would I, would I love a win? Oh, obviously a thousand percent. I would love for us to go into Philadelphia and win. And if we do it, great. I'd be the next person in line to, you know, kiss the feet of, of uh, her cousins. No, I don't know. Uh, no, I, it, it should be fun. Uh, but the biggest thing is just don't get your butt kicked. If we get our butts handed to us, then that's going to feel rough. I mean, it's going to feel like it did last year uh, where we came off riding high from that big win against Green Bay and then right into Philly and just got absolutely killed. So um, that's what we don't want to see because the, the everybody and their mom, doesn't matter how well we do next year, we'll keep pointing back to these games where we played these upper echelon teams and got killed. It happened last year too. We were 13 and four and even towards the end of the season team, you know, or I should say, you know, the analysts, the media, whatever you want, want to call them. We're pointing back to that week two game and going, yeah, but remember when they played Philly and they got killed? So I just don't want a repeat of that. And then at the end of the season, as I unmute myself, um, at the end of the season it was, well, they got killed by Dallas and they got killed by Green yeah. Bay going into the playoffs. Can they actually do anything in the postseason and not get killed? And uh, clearly they could not. Um, win a game in the postseason uh, this year, or this past year. But um, again, Donatel, again, the defense, I know. But again, <laughs> yeah, give it a rest already, Kirk Haters. Uh, fourth <laughs> and eight. I'm going to keep bringing it up until he can prove that he's um, not going to throw that same throw again in the postseason when it really matters because that's been the story of Kirk Cousins' career. When it comes down to the clutch moments, for the most part, last year was uh, an anomaly to this point um, when he was able to do some of this uh, really impressive two-minute stuff, fourth-quarter comebacks. But, again, when it mattered in the postseason, wasn't able to do it. Yeah. 
The defense was garbage, we know, but that's what good quarterbacks are supposed to do. That's what quarterbacks that get paid, like he's getting paid, even though I know he's not getting paid that much relative to what everybody else is making now, that's still what those quarterbacks are supposed to do. When you have to invest that kind of money in your quarterback, he's got to be able to elevate at least a little bit. And Kirk Cousins did not do that in that particular moment, although he had a really solid season, probably the best season maybe of his career, not necessarily statistically, but based on everything else, 13 and four. He had never won 13 games in his career ever. I don't think he ever won more than 10 games in his career. Um, And maybe that was even, maybe it was only nine, but I think maybe it was 10, but um, so yeah, that was a first for Kirk. So um, who knows? Maybe Kevin O'Connell can pry some more out of him. Yeah. Well, he is in a contract here. I mean, uh, that's right. En- enough has been said about that, but you know, that is true. <laughs> I mean, like he's, he's, uh, he's playing for the next contract and he'll get one, you know, it's just going to be, is that going to be with the Vikings or is it going to be somewhere else? And, and I keep saying this, uh, you know, if he, if he ends up, leading us to another 500 ish season, you know, so somewhere between seven and nine wins. Um, that team is probably the Vikings because the Vikings are going to be in a spot where they can't get up to get another quarterback, you know, a, a guy high up in the draft. Um, so if we get the Kirk, Kirk Cousins special at 500, you know, a 500 record, it's going to put us in a spot where he's probably going to earn another contract uh, because we're not going to have anybody else to turn to. Uh, and then the other side of it is, um, you know, things just go nuts and we, uh, you know, make some deep uh, playoff run. Certainly, you know, even NFC championship game, I'd be obviously very happy with um, for smelling the Super Bowl. Um, you know, then, then he earns that contract and I'll shut my mouth. But if this team crashes or burns, you know, if, if it's, if, you know, between a tough schedule and injuries, I mean, injuries are the, always the, the huge one in the NFL, um, you know, when this team ends up at like a three win team, four win team next year, there's no way he's on this team. It, it's just not n- no way, shape or form. Cause we'll be high enough where even if we can't necessarily be positioned uh, right there for one of these top tier quarterbacks, we're probably close enough where we could package some things together, and they would. There's no doubt in my mind they would. So, but you know what? I mean, we'll see what happens. We got to play the games. Yeah, I <clears throat> like I said, I'm not going to go through all the rest of these games, but I could definitely see the next two games, Tony. I could see the Vikings going one and one in those two games against the Chargers and the Panthers. Because I could see us overlooking one of those teams. Because here's the thing: the Chargers have a lot of talent on that team. Like, let's not let's not just throw that away. Like, ah, it's the Chargers. Justin Herbert's pretty legit. Um, you know, Brandon Staley. He's got another year with that defense. Maybe things improve there. Kellen Moore running that offense for the Chargers now. Um, who knows? I think there's more. To, that meets the eye on that one than more, you know, than what people are maybe thinking. Sure. And Carolina is probably a trap game. Um, you could probably throw that out there because everything would point to, ah, it's the Panthers. They're rebuilding. You know, they're probably a couple years away. Yeah, probably. But they got a new quarterback. You're going to have only three weeks of film on him in that offense. Um, I don't know. I, I think you could easily see the Vikings go one and one in those two games, especially if they go two and one into that game. Um, that's just my thought. And then you got Kansas City at Chicago, San Francisco at Green Bay, at Atlanta. So if you really look at it, Tony, the first half of the season is brutal. That stretch is brutal from basically week two through week seven or eight, if you want to throw the Packers at Lambeau on there. <coughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Packers will, um, 
I don't know. I mean, I know this is probably feeding into the narrative a little bit. And part of it, I really do believe is as Vikings fans, we've been so scorned and we've been conditioned to be very uh, hesitant uh, when it ever comes to like, you know, right. I'm not necessarily writing off the Packers, but kind of going like, yeah, this Packers team is not going to be very good. But what we have to remind ourselves is that for the last three decades, the reason why we were right to make sure we questioned that was that they had Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And I don't, I, I know we haven't seen Jordan Love yet. I know we haven't had a really like a full season to see what he can do. But um, it's my opinion that if the Packers had had Hall of Fame quarterback in Jordan Love, he would have already been starting. Um, meaning, because they've been looking to kind of move away from Rodgers for what, three seasons now? Um, just because of the inflated contract and then some of the other rubs uh, that they've had with um, the front office and whatnot. So my opinion is that this Packers team is uh, is not going to be very good. So I'm not saying that those games can't I be I sure tough. hope you're right. Um, yeah, I'm not saying those games can't be tough because they're always, you know, going to feel a little tough. I honestly think the Packers, if the Packers win more than five games this next year, I would be surprised. I, I think that they their ceiling should be about five or six, and I think that a three win season's a real a actual like realistic possibility for that team. I'm not saying it's because I think Jordan Love is so horrible. It's just that when teams finally move away from quarterbacks that actually do elevate the play of everybody around them, you will quickly find out what the actual state of play is for the rest of your roster. And I don't think it's going to look that great. I mean, you've got a, a, an aging Aaron Jones, who I still think has some tread on the tire, but he's not getting any younger. That receiving core out of, uh, um, uh, why can't I think of his name? Rookie from last year. Help me out, Carson. Uh, Christian Watson, yeah. Christian Watson. Uh, I think... There is something there, but again, it goes back to like how much of that was having a quarterback that was willing to get you in a position to succeed. That matters a lot. Um, and all these other guys, you know, like Romeo Dobbs, like some of these guys would be nobodies on other rosters, but because you had Aaron Rodgers, you know, they were guys that were, you know, looked semi serviceable. So um, I think the defense might prop them up for a little while, but as we saw in Denver, a good defense is only going to last so long before they get really tired of having to pull the weight. Um, so, yeah, I think the Packers are going to be – I think the Packers are going to be a tough spot. I, It's weird to say this, but I would not be surprised in the, the slightest to see us be 2-0 against Packers next year. Um I Sounds think, good to me. Yeah, I think I think um, Chicago in Chicago is always tough. I think that's always tough. Um, so I'm not counting that game out as a unless as a they're playing loss. the third strings like last year. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, I I look at at uh, Chicago in Chicago is always tough. Um, I do think the Chicago hype is a little bit overblown. I think that the the idea that Chicago is really going to be in the mix to win this di this division, unless something crazy again happens, to the Vikings and Detroit don't see it. I see the I see Chicago probably being ahead of the Packers, um, but I see maybe ceiling for Chicago at like nine wins, uh, maybe ceiling, probably more realistic between six and nine wins for them. Um, so that one doesn't scare me too much, but I could see a loss there. I think the at Atlanta game might get a little dicey, um, just because of the style of play that they're probably going to bring. And we're in Atlanta. I don't share your concern as much, um, with the Carolina chargers games. I, I think the, the chargers, the, uh, uh, Eric Kendrick's revenge game. Um, what helps in that one is we're at home. I think if we were game here, ending pick six for Eric Kendrick's. That's yeah, right. I think if we were in LA, I I maybe be a little I, I actually not even maybe. I would be more concerned about that one being a loss. I just think that week 3 probably coming off a loss with the Eagles. I don't know. I like I like the Vikings chance on that one. Um and then the Carolina game, uh the Adam Thielen revenge game. 
Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I am going to do exactly what you said that we shouldn't do. Um, and it's not to say I don't think Carolina is going to be, you know, I think they're going to be terrible or anything. I just think you've got Brian Flores, uh, who's a very, very good defensive coordinator. And now you've got a guy that is a rookie, right? Um, and he's, we're either going to see a rookie Bryce Young or we're going to see Andy Dalton. Um, and uh, he he's going to bring pressure until they until they prove that they shouldn't. And that's, you know, that's how you t- attack a young quarterback is you you bring the house until they prove they can beat you. And I just think with a rookie quarterback, I think I said this on my, when I did the show, the, 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 uh, I always want to say gender reveal, the, the schedule reveal show. It was a boy. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, this is one where I do feel like it could be a close game, but I just think the. Uh, the better team, which is the Vikings, will probably run away with it. So I could see us maybe being tied at halftime, maybe like a 14-14. And then as we get into the second half of the game, I, I see the Vikings probably pulling away, maybe a 28-17, something like that. Well, Tony, here's my thoughts on the first seven weeks. I would say I would be pretty happy if the Vikings are 4-3 and three or above after those first seven games. I that would be pretty impressive to me. Um, if they're three and four or below, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked about that either. But also, it'd be a little bit more disappointing. But if I would be okay, I mean, I wouldn't be uh, uh, you know like thrilled or anything. But I'd be yeah. okay if they were four and three or five and two. I mean, five and two, I'd be pretty ecstatic with. Yeah, yeah, I um, agree with that. Yeah, but four and three, I'd be okay with. Four and three would be great because then that means we lost the games we probably should lose, which means we lost to Philly, Kansas City, and San Francisco. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I don't know many Vikings fans that are thinking we're going to win any of those three games. And but if we won all the other games, again, we would be four and three, like you, Carson. I'd be happy. I would really love it if the Vikings could win one of those two home games against the Chiefs or 49ers. I think. That would be a statement. I don't oh, yeah. see it happening, but it would be nice. Wouldn't it be nice if we could win one of those games? <laughs> all right. That's all the beach boys you're getting. All right. Um, yeah. And then you get into the second, <laughs> excuse me, the second half of the schedule. And there's not anything here, Tony. Did you have something? Nope, I was just muting oh, okay. myself quick. Okay. I thought maybe um, I was going to sneeze. <laughs> oh. Well, I've been coughing plenty here. Um, but I think this second half of the schedule is pretty favorable. But the only caveat I would say to that is we don't know what Denver's going to be at this point. And it's at Denver. It's a Sunday night game. So that could be a tough one. The Saints could be interesting because it's Derek Carr, but I still think we'll win that game. Um, again, Chicago, primetime. Um, but if we lose the first one at Chicago, then we will probably win this one, I would say. I, I don't see us losing both to Chicago. Yeah, um, split with Chicago. And then at Las Vegas... Um, at Cincinnati, that's probably a loss. Against right. Detroit, against Green Bay, and again at Detroit. So I would say this second half of the schedule, I'm going to say, Tony, by the way, I'm going to say Vikings split the Packers and the Falcons games. Um, and I'll say they'll they'll be 5-4 and four at the midway point of the season after nine weeks. So... Um, and then I'm going to say they're going to be, I'm going to say they'll be seven and five after those three games, after the Saints, Broncos, and Bears. <laughs> and then I'm thinking they probably, they probably win two out of those three against the Lions and Packers, probably. 
Sure. I say that with a little, little bit of, I don't know, <laughs> um, little room for error there. So if they win two out of those three, then they're at nine and six. Is it nine and six? And then I say they probably will lose to Cincinnati and beat Las Vegas. So I'm thinking ten and seven. I think that's probably pretty realistic. Honestly, maybe 11 wins is the ceiling, but I don't see them winning more than 11 games. I I know, total total pessimist, you know, this stuff. I just think it's going to take more time than people want for the defense to be better as much as Brian Flores will help. I still don't think it's going to be a top half of the league defense. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope I can sit here at this time next year and say, I was totally wrong. Vikings won the Super Bowl, finally got our first ring, all that jazz. But I just don't see any of that happening. Um, I just don't think the Vikings have the talent to compete with the likes of San Francisco and the likes of Philadelphia. Um, you know, maybe they could beat San Francisco at home. Um, but that's also probably going to be before... Maybe Brock Purdy, <laughs> maybe he'll be back before then. They seemed pretty optimistic. I I don't know, man. I I wouldn't be shocked if he's not back until November, to be honest with you. But that's just my thought. I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you for sure. But um, if I was the 49ers and they can play 500 football until he gets back um, by November, then I would just say go for it because – if he's as good as they think he is and as he showed last year, then the rest of the year should be pretty decent for them. But that's that's just kind of my opinion. And that division could be pretty rough other than Seattle. I think Seattle should be pretty decent. Um, so, yeah, 10 and 7. That's where I'm going with this. What are your thoughts? Don't disagree. I think about 10 and 7, <clears throat> about 11 and 6 is about where I put this team. And I don't think that's pessimistic at all, uh, to be frank with you. I, I think this team at 10 and 7 or 11 and 6 uh, probably wins the division. Uh, I've said this since the, you know, the kind of the start of this offseason. 10 wins, I think, wins the, the NFC North this year. So, um, you know, I don't think that's pessimistic. I think there's lots of people out there that might even feel like we're a little optimistic at 10 and seven and 11 and six. So, um, no, I, I, am I'm right there with you. I think that it's in my opinion, I agree. I think that this is a, a good estimate if we want to, you know, too early to, to predict what we think we're going to do this next season. I think the big thing that we always have to keep in mind as fans is that not only do we have to take into account that there are going to be injuries with our own team, right? There are also going to be injuries with the teams we're going to play. So there's also a chance that we get into some of these other games where, you know, maybe they're games we thought maybe we would lose. And because of a rash of injuries to key players, they're less than hundred percent and we might steal a win. There also can be games where we feel like we should win X, Y, Z game. And because of injuries on our team, we end up dropping to a team that we feel like we should have, potentially one. So that's the big one. I mean, that's always the largest and most important variable when it comes to how these seasons shake out is injuries um, around the league. So we'll see what happens, but no, I feel good at 10 and seven, 11 and six. I think we are going to be a competitive team uh, to your point, Carson. Do I think that this team is headed to the Super Bowl? I think that's probably wishful thinking, but um I don't think we're going to be an easy out. And like I said, I think we can win the division yet again this next season. I don't think it's impossible, Tony, but I am going to say what I've been saying since the off season began. And even towards the end of last season, I was already starting to feel this way. The Detroit lions are going to win the NFC North. And I know this seems weird and I know you're not bought in Tony and that's okay. And I'm not 100% bought in either, but I'm about 95% bought in. Um, the 5% holding me back is a mix of Jared Goff and Dan Campbell. Uh, Dan Campbell sometimes makes really stupid coaching decisions. 
And Jared Goff is Jared Goff. We know what he is, and we know what he can sometimes become, and that sometimes is not a good thing. But I think at his height, Jared Goff can get a team to a division championship and into the postseason and maybe even win a game. Um, but And he was in a Super Bowl, I mean, for whatever that's worth. Yes, it was with Sean McVay. But uh, I like their offensive coordinator. I think he's, uh, I believe, Johnson. Um, he's really good, I think. Um, but um, I just yeah. think one of the things that makes me weary of, uh, of the, the Lions is that, and, and, and you can blame the Browns for this, is that when you have a culture that hasn't been able to get out of its own way for however many years and decades uh, where we ha- see these teams that just, I mean, and I get it. Like the Vikings kind of are in the same, are in the same boat when it comes over to getting over the hump, but we've seen Vikings teams get close. We've certainly seen Vikings teams look very good. It's almost more painstaking. We get to the, you know, the, the almost the finish line and then we can't, seem to get across but the lions are very reminiscent of you know the nfc's version of the browns and and how many times have we seen in the last i mean 10 years where everybody and their mom was like man this is the browns year look at all these marquee players and they played so well the last season and they've got and then for whatever reason it just doesn't happen i think the lions are kind of in the same boat and the other thing that um, can't be understated, and I've said it on the show though, is uh, you know Jamal Williams. He leaves. You know that guy was the heart and soul of that offense, and in some in some regards, the kind of the heart and soul of the team. Uh, you know, he was the guy that was kind of like get this losing loser mentality out of your heads. Like we have to play as a team. Um, we're gonna win as a team, and then you know. It sounds like they wanted to go a different direction. He ends up signing in New Orleans. And I just, you know, and all of a sudden now they're betting on football. It just, it feels to me like it's going to (laughs) be the Browns. It's going to be like they got something, but for some reason, who knows why, they're still going to end up at eight, nine. And that's kind of where I feel like the the lines are going to be. Are they going to have flashes? Yeah. It's just, it comes down to consistency. Like, you know, and, that, and that's what professional sports are all about. All of these guys are talented, but can they do it week in and week out for strings of weeks in a row? And, uh, you know, love it or hate it, uh, Bears, Packers, and Lions fans, uh, the Vikings are probably in the best position to do that right now. So I still think the the North runs through the Vikings. Uh, you know, the Lions, they could shock the world, um, but I don't. I just don't see it. I until they they've got to prove it, and I I didn't see enough last year for them to warrant that for me. I did, I did, and yeah. if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll admit it. I'll sit right here in this spot or another spot, who knows? Um, and I will tell you that I'm wrong. I'll it's gonna be you. fun regardless. It's gonna be fun regardless. It'll be must see Vikings podcast material. So. There you go. There you go. Um, last but not least, Tony, before we wrap up here, OTAs started this week. I don't really have any news or notes or anything for OTAs, and it's OTAs, let's be honest. What can you get from OTAs? But I am interested to see um, how some of these rookies will uh, play in OTAs uh, with some of the starters and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know how much we'll get out of it, but um, hopefully, hopefully we hear some nuggets throughout the week um, about how OTAs are going for the Vikings. They started today, Monday, as we're recording this. So, uh, any uh, thoughts on OTAs starting? Um, are you looking forward to hearing about anything, Tony? I think for me, the biggest thing that I would like to hear is how well is Jordan Addison. Uh, fitting in, how is he looking? Uh, you know, is he passing the eye test for some of the people that are actually out there watching some of these OTAs? And like you maybe already mentioned, 
uh, but I'm going to state it again. It, it's practice. I mean, we we know these guys can't exactly simulate what it's going to look like on game day, clearly. But uh, at the end of the day, you can usually tell when these guys kind of jump out, right? Like so the special players, you go, ooh, that guy's got, you know, he's got something special or, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna show some flashes. So that's what I'm excited about to hear if there's any guys out there that are showing some flashes. Uh, so Addison's going to be one. And then, you know, some of the DBs, you know, the DBs, uh, some of the newer DBs, but really the DBs coming off of injury. You know, I'd love to kind of hear how's Booth looking, how's Scene looking. Uh, some of these guys coming back into the fold after being injured. Caleb Evans uh, coming back from injury on the defensive side of the ball. So those are the guys that I'd love to hear, like, how are they looking? Are they looking fluid? Is, is, is somebody looking fast? Somebody looking tenacious? And, um, you know, I know it has to translate to Sunday, but uh, those are the things I'm just looking to hear. But, um, yeah, what about you? Yeah, I, I think I echo a lot of your sentiment. Uh, I'm interested to see how a lot of these rookies do. And, yeah, we'll see if any of these uh, second years can do anything. Pretty much are rookies, most of them. Yeah. Especially Booth and Scene. Um, so it'll be interesting to see also what Brian Flores can get out of those guys that obviously Ed Donatel wasn't able to get out of and uh, maybe play to their strengths, which Ed Donatel, again, was anti-playing to the strengths of players on his defense. But uh, we'll digress for now on Ed Donatel. Um, but it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm more excited for the scrimmage. I hope they do a scrimmage with somebody again. I'd be surprised if they don't. I think Kevin O'Connell likes doing that. Um, and it really does give you an opportunity to see where your team's at in comparison to, you know, like last year, the 49ers and the 49ers almost went to the Super Bowl. Had they had their quarterback, they might have. So very interesting to see. Maybe they welcome in a team that they didn't play, uh, that they're not supposed to play at least this year in maybe like Seattle or something. Maybe Seattle comes to town or maybe the Vikings who knows? Maybe the Vikings have to go somewhere. I don't know, but hopefully not because I would uh, I would hate to not be able to go to Egan and watch a scrimmage. But yeah, especially be, be fun to attend, especially since it's free. Um, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I think that's about it, Tony. There's not really a whole lot. I mean, yeah, the big Vikings um, rumor slash news slash I don't think it's that big of a deal because we kind of knew it already, but people are talking about, Oh, the Vikings kept Dalvin cook off of their offensive graphic on Twitter and on social media. It's like, okay, well, we already knew that Dalvin was likely gone for one and yeah. for two, um, calm down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's just, honestly, that's just a matter of time. I mean, I, I think the Vikings probably, I, in an ideal world would love to get something for Dalvin. The unfortunate part is, is that contract's too big. And, um, at this point it just makes sense to cut them. And, uh, and that's what they're going to need to do. It's no shade, uh, at Dalvin. I think that he can still be a very, very good back in uh, in the nfl and i think wherever he goes he will probably succeed i i, I hope he does um it just that the price tag got uh, a little out of control and um and so you got to do what you got to do so for the first time uh and certainly since i can remember uh the vikings are going to be in a running back by committee uh scenario and i i i am all for it i welcome it with open you know arms. i am <laughs> yeah, so uh, we I know we're in agreement there. Um, uh, so I'm certainly excited for it. And like I said, I'm all uh, all the best to Dalvin uh, post June first, uh, which is rapidly approaching. Uh, he'll be cut, but he'll he'll get picked up. And like I said, he'll go somewhere, and I'm sure have a lot of success. Uh, just hopefully, it's nowhere where we have to see him uh, this year, because <laughs> he'll Amen. he'll want to torch us. That's for sure. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Skull Purple Podcast. Be staying tuned to our YouTube channel and also to our audio feeds on Apple, Spotify, 
pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. iHeartRadio, tune in. Tell Alexa to play the Skull Purple podcast if you want. You know, all kinds of possibilities there. So wherever you go, take us with you. Why not? You got Vikings talk from a couple of loony bins, if you will. And uh, there you go. There you go. It's uh, just a couple of guys trying to unleash their thoughts that will probably be proven wrong at some point down the line, right? (laughs) Yeah, you never know. And if you are watching on YouTube and you think strongly about uh, how we may be wrong, make sure to drop a comment uh, because we'd love to hear from you. And we do accept hate subscribers, by the way. So oh, if, yeah. you, uh, if you want to just subscribe just to hate on us, just to say you're wrong, you know, whatever, throw it in there, man. Yeah, you never know what it, wrong things we could say next. So you should probably subscribe. That's right. That's <laughs> right. But just know that if you comment something, we could use it against you in the future. As I remember, somebody said, the Vikings aren't drafting a quarterback. Well, they didn't draft one early, but they did draft one. So I uh, made mention of that on social media. Hey, Vikings, they drafted a quarterback. Sorry to tell you, lady, or whoever it was. But uh, everybody's wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Tony's wrong. We're all wrong, but we're doing it together. So there you go. All right, that's going to do it for the Skull Purple Podcast. And as always, Skull. Skull. Skull.